On today's episode of Scientific Healing, you're going to hear... But part of it was actually like, I knew I needed to prove myself to the world again. And I knew I needed to prove my stakes. So I ended up taking another job in sales and I was very successful in that job, was able to pay off all my debts and started my own business. Because when I was in that job, I found out that what I was selling was actually not what was being delivered. And that broke my heart because I actually got to the event that I was selling. And then everything I had promised these people was, I wouldn't say everything, but a lot of it wasn't what really was the case. And that kind of happened in the previous sales job. I was like, I need to control this stuff. So that's when I um, decided to start Innovation Ads. And mm-hmm. with that, it was a matter of really being very tenacious in creating a product and being able to move along with my clients. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics and ancient healing arts to develop my own system that has amplified results with hundreds of my clients and healing students. When you are ready to feel energized at the end of the day after working with your coaching or healing clients all day long, while expanding and growing your practice, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me or connect with me at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. Today, you're going to hear from Ian Gray, a serial entrepreneur who's tapped into the woo world to create an abundant life for himself and teaches others to do the same. He started his first small business in his teens, but was broke at age 25, became a millionaire at 27, and retired at 30. I can't wait to hear this story. And this came from him founding Innovation Ads, Inc., a New York-based advertising agency, which grew from just himself to over 150 employees in just three short years, at which point he sold it. So that's a really incredible upward trajectory of success. So I'm sure he's got lots of good things to say about how this happened and and how he transitioned into what he's doing now. And Ian is also unusual in that he lives a balanced lifestyle by intentionally looking into five major areas of life. And you've heard me talk about these very same things because these are research from 70 to 80 years of university research showing that these factors are so important for your health, happiness, and your abundant life. And these are spirituality, health, relationships, finances, and personal development. This is a point that's often lost on highly ambitious or focused people. Ian has written a little book worth getting called 10 Principles That Brought Me Millions and It Can Work For You. It's a nice little primer on the success principles that you've been hearing about from me and I'm sure from many other people. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thank you so much for having me on. I got to listen to a few of the podcasts that you've done in the past, and I was just like, this is my vibe right here. And it's, <laughs> it's really cool because I usually am surrounded by like business people because I've had such massive success in business. And they usually look at me like with, I want to say two heads, but it's probably like a thousand heads because I'm so incredibly woo at heart. And um, I'm I'm more live in the astral, I think. I mean, I live in a penthouse, so I could be in the clouds. So (laughs) it's it's, uh, really exciting to be on here. And I'm I'm really excited for all the the listeners on here. Guys, you're going to want to stay tuned and listen to this all the way through because I weave in practicality to spirituality in all aspects of my life. 
and it allows me to live in the woo-woo world, but then when I come into this 3D world, have like everything at my disposal. Yes, and those those very same principles that you're talking about, it's like before you get there, it's like there's something someplace in poverty. For me, my poverty was losing my health at the age of 40. And trying to find out like what was wrong and medical science had no answers for me. I was down to two hours a day and in, you know, being able to be productive. And (laughs) so somebody said to me the other day, like, well, you know, can you expand, can you help people live longer? And I said, well, I feel like I'm already living longer because I went from two hours a day of productivity if I want 16 or 18 hours. And that's like living longer. That's many factors longer, right? So, so, Yeah, so can you fill more into the details of your story, like why you got broke at the age of 25 if you started a business so young? And then what changed, what transitioned and sent you on that, on that wild upwards trajectory? Yeah, so there was a lot of, a lot of exciting things that happened in my life and a lot of crash and burns. Um, one of my first memories was when I was eight years old, I'd been asking for a, a motorcycle for my father. And he had always told me, no, we don't have the money. Anything I asked for, actually, I felt like we were the poorest family in the block. So I was always in this scarcity mode. And one day he actually said, um, when you can pay for it, you can have one. And a light bulb went on in my head. I was like, oh, oh, wait, I can be the master of my own destiny. So my entrepreneurial journey began then. By the time I was 11, I brought home a motorcycle. And then I started setting goals for myself in other ways. I just kind of got in this rhythm of doing it. Um, when I was about 13, he gave me Think and Grow Rich and As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. So my mind really started thinking about like, oh, I can manifest things by using the power of my mind. But I didn't really understand it, but I kind of understood the steps that they had. Mm-hmm. So I just started applying that in my life and I did that with motocross and get my pro license, graduated from high school early, graduated from college early, got my first job out of college in sales. I was living in my parents' basement making $14,000 a month at 21 years old. And back then, which isn't that long ago, but it's about almost 20 years ago, that was a lot of money. $14,000 a month was a real lot of money, especially when you live in your parents' basement and you have no expenses. <laughs> yeah, well, it still is a lot of money. If somebody is making that much, they're living the life of Riley really almost everywhere, even in Southern California. Yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. I, I, yeah, well, I guess it was a, a lot more money than it is today. It's, it's like making almost double that, I think, in today's yes, world. Yes, I think so. And I, I was experiencing this tremendous amount of success, and I was just always used to winning. I would win when I raced my motorcycle. I would win in business. I would win in my friendships, my relationships. And um, while I was at this job, I was getting my master's degree at the same time. It was a year-long accelerated program to get the master's. I did that at night. And just before I um, got my master's degree, I decided I want to go travel through Europe. I haven't left the U.S. I, I looked, like, left and visited for like a couple of week, a couple of days or in maybe a weekend or maybe in a full week at, at a time. And I really enjoyed it every time. And I'm like, I really actually wouldn't just spend time over there. And I want to set up shop in Europe. I thought that's where it was at. So grass is always greener on the other side, right? <laughs> So I quit my sales job in the next month. I finished my master's thesis. And then within a few weeks, I left to London uh, with a round trip ticket with no intentions of coming back and traveled around Europe. I went through France. I went through to um, Brussels, Amsterdam, went all the way 
through Germany, Switzerland. And I got to Switzerland. I was originally thinking I was going to learn German in Austria because I heard that's where the best German was spoken. And it was freezing. And I'm like, what, what even compelled me to think I wanted to go spend the winter in Austria? Like, this doesn't even sound any fun at all. So I ended up going to um, Spain and studying Spanish in Malaga on the beaches of Spain. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like living this privileged life and I have this money in the bank so I can do this. I work part-time as an English teacher. Everything's going great as planned. I meet this Swedish girl, her and I hit it off. We end up moving to Madrid together. We end up moving to Sweden together. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm gonna be in Sweden instead. I got my visa and everything. And then all of a sudden I started running out of money and I'm learning Swedish and I got good enough. I actually was doing phone sales in Swedish yet wasn't making near the kind of money that I was expecting to make, not what I made in the US and mm-hmm. not even enough to get by. So I also were on supplemental housing income from the Swedish government. So I'm that guy that left my country and took, took advantage of the social services in another country. Mm-hmm. So I actually did that and, and not intentionally, obviously, but that's the way it ended up working out. And it just started creating so much friction in the relationship. And I, as I ran out of money, my self-worth became lower. And I started to doubt myself in a lot of ways, which made me doubt the people around me, mm-hmm. my friends, the mm-hmm. woman I was with. And um, it finally got to time where it was just, I made such misery for myself because I was miserable. I made everybody around me miserable. I was like, I got to leave. So I actually ended up back in my parents' basement, now completely broke, heartbroken, no job, no idea what kind of opportunities laid in front of me and um, cried myself asleep almost every single night for, for a few weeks and just like thought like, I had everything that I had thought I was going to have, and it ended up not being at all what I wanted to have in my life. So, um, so I, I, in that time, I was feeling so bad for myself. And at that time, I, I thought that like depression was a bad emotion. So I would just sit there and actually fall into it deeper and deeper, and it would cause me more and more pain. And um, I, I now know that like actually depression is just like that chance for me to actually retreat, regroup and recharge. But part of it was actually like, I knew I needed to prove myself to the world again. And I knew I needed to prove my stakes. So I ended up taking another job in sales and I was very successful in that job, was able to pay off all my debts and start, started my own business. Because when I was in that job, I found out that what I was selling was actually not what was being delivered. And that broke my heart because I actually got to the event that I was selling and then everything I had promised these people was, I wouldn't say everything, but a lot of it wasn't what really was the case. And that kind of happened in the previous sales job. I was like, I need to control this stuff. So that's when I um, decided to start Innovation Ads. And mm-hmm. with that, it was a matter of really being very tenacious and creating a product and being able to move along with my clients. And it ended up becoming something that was very purposeful because we ended up being a, an enrollment um, management company where I actually helped college students or potential college students figure out what college they should go to and then help them through the entire application and enrollment process. And the universities would pay us to do this. So it was this really cool niche that nobody really knew about. Yeah, now now in these day and age, there are a lot of college enrollment people. But what I wanted to do is go back to that place where we get depressed or hopeless. 
And what that does is it lowers our, our energy and our frequency so much that it makes it even harder to do stuff. And especially if you tamp it down and say, I don't want to feel it, and you stuff it down into your body, then all your cells are holding on to it. And it makes things a lot worse. So I like that you just said, you know, I looked at what, what depression was for me. And for you, it was a way to propel yourself. And that's the way I used it. I used to have give myself a good cry and say, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Action. <laughs> I like to say that, and I'm not a crier by any sense of the mean. Maybe if I watch Happy Feet, I end up crying. Um, very rarely do I like cry in, in sadness. It just, it's just not really my beingness. It's, it's very kind of a, a rare thing. However, I, I think it's a beautiful thing because it's actually just – when I'm crying, it's actually the physical release of that energy I've been holding on to. And that's like the tears are actually a really great thing. And, and once there's a good well, there's, cry, usually one feels like, okay, now I'm ready. There's actually hormones in the tears. <laughs> They've studied this. There's hormones in the tears that help, you know, that, that are the thing that's making you sad and that's a release of it. So it's, it's energetic and it's also chemical. It's <laughs> really interesting. I always say that when people cry a lot, I say that you must be an honorary Greek because we Greeks, we cry when we're happy. We cry when we're sad. We cry when people are coming. We cry when they're going. <laughs> we cry when they get married. We cry when they die. <laughs> we cry when the babies are born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife that she must be Greek. <laughs> no honorary Greek. <laughs> yeah, an honorary Greek. The cat rolls over on his back and puts his paws up. She's in tears. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watch. I watch somebody do really well in a singing competition. I go, oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the funny thing about tears is it's like, it, actually, they happen when in sadness and when happiness. And that kind of, to me, actually showed me that this happened during a meditation, that it's actually the same, almost the same emotion, happiness and sadness. They're, it's like two sides of the same coin. It is. And actually, in physics, it's like... Um... If you look at how the frequencies that a string carries, a string can carry a low frequency and high frequency at the same time. And if you were to do a frequency analysis, you would see like a set of discrete frequencies that is allowed on the string and they all play at once, which is what's called harmonics and our voices have it, everything has it. So to me, the emotions which vibrate at a certain place, sadness and happiness or you know, courage and fear—they're just—they're just multiples of one another. And uh, it, the way it works actually is along the meridians, and the meridians are certain lengths, and they—they they resonate with certain things, like the the kidney and the bladder meridians resonate with fear, but they also mm. resonate with courage. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of physics in our bodies that people aren't aware of. Everybody says, oh, it must be woo. And I'm just going, no, it's not just woo. I can prove your woo. <laughs> I can explain your woo. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Uh, so who, so you're now teaching others how to be millionaires. I saw that on your website and, oh, you know, people stay tuned. So you'll know how to get a hold of Ian later to find out more about him. But um, my guess is it has less to do with strategies and tactics and more to do with the way of being. Could you tell me about that? Yeah. So I, I actually created um, Millionaire Prowess is what the program's called and it's expertise or skill set. Of, of that millionaires use to, to actually manifest money. So there's an element of practicality exercises that people can go through. And then mm -hmm. there's an element of mindset and more of that, so to speak, woo stuff. Um, I actually created that course as a result of when I started my business, I started with my credit card. I had nothing. So I, I actually went to different entrepreneurial organizations. I went to a bunch of banks, turned me down for a loan. I didn't have enough operating history. I got all the excuses that it's like that are all the ones that are in the book. And um, it actually ultimately ended up becoming easier for me to just get clients to prepay and fund myself um, than, than actually borrowing money. Um, so I, I went to this entrepreneurs organization that was built out for entrepreneurs. So be it. And they wouldn't let me attend because I hadn't proven that I had a certain amount of revenue yet and that I had a certain number of employees because I was a new business. And they, they shut me out of it. And I was like, wait a second. I've been looking for some help here and guidance for the last six months. I've read every single book I could find. There was no YouTube. There wasn't this whole coaching industry. I mean, they existed, but not really. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't in plain sight. Um, and I go to this, this entrepreneur's organization and they shut me out. And I walk outside I'm in New York City and it's pouring rain. It's windy. It's, it's, it's freezing. It's the fall in New York. Like not a good time to be outside in the rain. And I kind of just put my head down, cover my face. And I was like, really frustrated. Like, what am I going to do now? And as soon as I said that, I like, I looked up, right? Like, what, where, where am I looking for these answers? And it just hit me like one day when you figure this all out, you're going to, you're going to create something amazing. You're going to create something amazing as a, like a, a path for other people to follow. So I, I, I actually later forgot about that. So when I actually got to the success and sold my business, I was 29 years old, about to turn 30, um, bachelor, penthouse in Miami, a giant apartment in New York City, traveling wherever I wanted to go. So I, I just went into like the celebratory mode, like I've arrived. And you know, I, I, this is everything I was set out to accomplish. And this is all the stories I told. This is the greatness that this is the reason why we work is to now retire. And I'm thinking I'm going to retire at 30. So I did a bunch of celebration, which was a lot of fun for a short period of time. And then realized, boom, I got, I got no purpose. And, and I had forgotten about creating that I set this intention or was given this intention, given this, this blueprint. And I started traveling around the country in an RV, racing motorcycles again, because that's what I knew that I enjoyed doing that taught me so much about strategy and so much about being mm -hmm. graceful, whether I won or lost, and just my tenacity, picking myself up mm -hmm. from falling, uh, community. And um, I ended up purchasing a motocross track in Texas that was going on bankrupt to, to help that community. And then I ended up purchasing a drag strip in San Antonio, San Antonio Raceway, for that community, because the racing had kept my family together, taught me so many things. And it, it was a great, great experience for me to learn how to really build community. And then I reached a certain level of success and realized, this isn't my highest calling. 
And that's when the remembrance came in like, wait, oh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to help a lot of people get rich. I'm supposed to create at least 1,000 millionaires. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Choplis. We'll return right after a short break. You can actually do simple physical manipulations on yourself to change your mental, emotional state, release blocks, and even um, release things like pain in your body. And of course, the backup to all of these techniques, the backup is to work out also the spiritual, the emotional, the mental, and then relieve the physical. Um, I have a process that does that. We go through um, one step at a time and clean up all of, so you didn't, whatever condition that you have, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, or physical, whatever condition that you have, especially if it manifested in the physical, was usually years in the making. You didn't get it overnight, years in the making. One of the ways that I work is I find out when something uh, got manifested in your body, like go back to that year and then rewrite the story, uncreate the story, redo the story. So it's as if it never happened. It's as if, <clears throat> if you imagine your life as a tree and here you are at birth and each decision that you make will create a different branch, right? So you have all these branches of possibilities and you're ending up somewhere along the branch. And by doing energy work, it's as if you did not make that decision and instead you made a different decision and you end up on another branch. So that's the way I view energy healing with regards to, to whatever your life is now. And the great thing is that we are infinite beings of light, powerful beings of light, and we can change our history and we can rewrite things and we can create whatever life we want. And I'm ready to have a conversation with you if that's what you'd like to have in your life. Either learn it for yourself or to um, have me help you with it. So I have my contact information is scientifichealer.com forward slash contact or scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. So you can either write me or have a conversation with me and I always answer the you know, I always answer whatever queries come through and I do it personally because I'm very interested in hearing out, hearing what you would like to hear. Welcome back. This is Dr. Anastasia Choplis on Scientific Healing Radio. Let's dive deeper into our conversation. So I created Millionaire Prowess as a way for entrepreneurs to follow this system and actually become millionaires. And my, my um, intention with that is 1,000 millionaires by January, 2023. Oh, so you even, so you even follow this formula of setting an intention, setting a date, setting a deadline, and now you, you have this exact, you know, that's your target that you're aiming at. And I always tell people that healing is exactly the same way. The more clear you are on what you want to create in the healing, like I know a lot of healers that don't even know where an organ in the body is. And I say, how can you hear the li heal the liver if you don't even know where to send the energy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about really bringing that that. Yeah, it's just like a focus. 
right? And it's it's always it's always the same. Asking the right questions, number one, two, creating a clear vision, setting the intention, setting even a deadline, and then three, doing all the actions consistent with all of you know uh, consistent with that goal. So you can ask yourself every day, is this um, working towards my goal or is it moving me away from my goal, right? Absolutely. And I, so I, I teach practices. So that would be like a piece of information I would give them. And then I give practices how one ensures that they're doing that on a daily basis mm-hmm. and for the business that they're in. So it's not mm-hmm. like I teach you how to sell real estate. No, this is, this is a strategy and a mindset and practical exercises or just practices one can do every day to check in. Am I on target? Am I not on target? Responsiveness, you need measurement to be responsive. So if I was going to be taking a space shuttle to the moon, I wasn't checking to make sure I was on course every single time. That's a pretty far way to go. One degree off, I'm missing it by thousands of miles. So and That's, the other interesting thing is you only need to be on course uh, only a small percentage of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As long as I'm being responsive and, and, and measuring what I'm doing because then I'm, I'm moving back mm-hmm. towards course. So it's, it's never that straight line. It's, like, it's not like this. It's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> Exactly. And I think, that, I think that number is like you only have to be on the course 3% of the time and the rest of the time you're doing course corrections. Yeah, and, and another thing that I, I really highlight is about figure out what items are impactful because I know for myself as an entrepreneur, I did a lot of stuff. Everybody's hustling. You know, I got to work hard for my money. I'm going to be, I'm doing a lot of doing, but if I'm doing the wrong things, mm-hmm. then I'm using up energy where I don't need to. So it's a matter of identifying those things that are actually driving the impact that's mm-hmm. going to bring the success that I intend to bring about. So that was a key component to actually um, creating the course is actually one of one of the uh, foundational principles. Yeah, well, when I do courses, I pre-sell them <laughs> because because you never you don't know if anybody's interested in buying it. So you pre-sell it before you create it, and then then I sit down like I have a course in outline, and then I sit down and I create all of the material afterwards. Mm. Uh. Right. Yeah. So, yes. so, so it's proof, you, you know, it's a proof of concept, like whatever you do, it's a proof of concept always. And if you get a lot of people saying, Oh, I want that too. <laughs> then you have a proof of concept, but millionaire, you know, saying, yeah, well, this, was, this was, go ahead. Yeah. If you, so, you know, telling people I can help you become a millionaire. That's, that's really a juicy and attractive and sexy for people. Yeah, yeah, and that, that that was channeled to me, you know, many moons ago, back in two thousand three, mm-hmm. four. So, um, yeah, late two thousand three. So um, that was just something I had, and I, I knew how to do. I got the blueprint, so I could share it. I I don't know how I'm gonna get to a thousand people. I don't know um, what it's gonna take. Well, just by being here, just by being here, you've got a lot of ears listening now. Yeah, well, I, but the real question to me, I don't even ask those questions, really. No. I, my question is, who is it going to be? Who are the thousand? Who are the thousand people that are ready to make some changes in their life and mm-hmm. put the pedal to the metal and really let go of the stuff that's not serving them and create the life of abundance they want? Because I created this course, and it's a self-serve course. People can go through it. I've got... Um, access to me and my team so people can get any questions answered. But the way mm-hmm. I structure it, it's all self-serve because I already started making more courses 
that are more actually on that, that it's really coming flowing out of my heart, which is all about ushering in heaven on earth. And part mm -hmm. of heaven on earth is having a ton of money because it allows for a certain, like, allows for a ton of opulence. Well, it's not just the opulence. It's also the freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, you never have to say, Ooh, can I afford that? That never comes into, that never comes onto the horizon. And I've, I've lived that way where I, I never asked the question, can I afford it? I've just buy it if I wanted it. Right. And so that, that never comes into, like, you never have to deny yourself anything. So now you have this giant amount of freedom where you're not tied down to anything, and now you can live your life with purpose a lot more. Uh, uh, with, without a doubt. Like, I, 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 um, I swipe a credit card or a hand cash out. Like, it's just paper or, like, it's not really doing it. I'm just trading this. Yes. When, right. When you have, when you have a business that you can create money at will, then it stops being a limitation. Yeah. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. And, and, um, I got a nice chunk with that sale. So I've got investments in most multiple places that allow me to, it throws off cash for me. Um, so this all is my, my legacy stuff. So the, the millionaire prowess course is for those entrepreneurs that are looking to, get past the bubble. They, they've already started a product or they've got this idea and this will help hone them in to make sure it's done purposefully. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, I wasn't always purposeful with my business. Sometimes it was just like, oh, but, well, my purpose was about making money and I wasn't necessarily leading with my heart. And those, yeah. then it became no fun. It didn't matter how much money I made, it was no fun. Yeah, so, so, so people in the energy space, so this is why this is a good marriage, right? People in the energy healing space, they're very purposeful but they, they don't hold money as very important. Like, it's just like, oh, well, it, it'll show up when I need it. And so they live very frugally, don't ask for what their services are worth, not what they're worth, because they're infinitely valuable, right? Yes. <laughs> but what their services are worth. And they tend to, to downplay the importance of it. And uh, I, I compare this to a, a story that's a story that happened right to me and one of my friends. So I was brought this woman that's in our Greek community, and she told me that she had a tumor in her head and she was afraid. And my daughter, who's also clairvoyant, and I both told her, it's a benign tumor, you don't need to worry about it. And so she said, I, so I said, well, would you allow me, you know, would you be open to me doing some healing on you? And I, I named her a very reasonable price. And she goes, oh, no, I can't afford that. So she went in and had surgery and had the tumor surgically removed. It was a benign tumor. And that surgery cost 45000 out of pocket. That was the deductible, right? And that was the copay. And the thing is that that was the second surgery. The first surgery that she tried didn't work. So it cost her 90000 to do the surgery, right? And so other people, other people devalue the, what's valuable to them is if you were to be able to, within a week or two, have no more tumor in there and not need the surgery, how valuable would that be to you? But people never consider that because they think that this spontaneous shrinkage has nothing to do with the energy healing work. But this is so incredibly valuable. If you could tell somebody, look, you've got this tumor in there. So can you imagine if it's gone in two weeks that you won't, <laughs> that you won't need the surgery? 
and you know you charge a reasonable price for it but imagine if they were in the hospital and going through and all that post-op and all the scarring and all the recovery time and all the costs that it costs to be in the hospital for a week or two and people say well I have insurance but what people don't realize and I tell them there's a cap on the insurance a lifetime cap up, up, up to two million that's if you have a generous insurance a lot of them go one million you can use up one million in one illness like that mm. and then you're stuck for the for the rest of it and people have lost their entire fortunes on medical care <laughs> so so this this kind of idea of you know valuing yourself what something you were mentioning earlier valuing yourself but also charging a, a reasonable amount for your services something that makes sense you know you, some healers will charge a thousand or two thousand an hour that's that's a little bit over the top from you know from my viewpoint but it might be a, a an eventuality for for my work because i'm you know now running a big school with with people coming in and learning from me but um, but at some point, at some point, you know, you have to go really, really. I mean, some healers are charging fifty dollars an hour. Your car mechanic will charge you more than that. <laughs> and isn't your yeah. isn't your being way more important? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, there's there's so many layers that mm -hmm. dictate how one values themselves and how how I, I know how I value myself changes who shows up in my experience. And when I value myself low and I have any doubt in myself, then I get people that are full of doubt and not so full of money that I have no money because they're living in this doubt world, right? So mm -hmm. their, their um, intention or their willingness to invest a, any money towards it is the scarcity mindset. And I'm playing the same role. It's actually a mirror showing me like how much I value myself. Mm -hmm. And really until I can declare my, my rate, what I really truly believe I am worth, what, mm -hmm. what my heart intention says, mm -hmm. what my heart says, not the mind, not what the market will bear, but what my heart says. And yes, I understand it's uh, healing is priceless, right? In so many ways. So it can be hard to value. At the end yeah. of the day, the clients and that show up for me in my work are a result of how much I demand or declare that I am worth. And the more someone invests in money, the more they invest in money, the more they invest in their time, in their effort, their part. So that person that's doing the, the healing for somebody for $50 an hour, they actually going to have a lower success rate than the person that's doing it for $1,000 an hour just because the person, they might be equally qualified. The one doing $50 an hour might even be 10 times better, but the, the person that's receiving the healing is not gonna take it as seriously. They're gonna go back to their old habits. And well, then- There's actually something, something further, because money is energy, right? Yes. And so if there's not the correct energy exchange, right? So if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm helping you get more energy, but you've only got given me fifty dollars. You're only going to get fifty dollars worth of healing yes. because because there's this energy exchange, and that has to be there. It has to take place because I know you know I I know when I've paid a, a reasonable amount for like a coaching program for for example, I really work the program. If mm -hmm. I don't pay enough, I don't work the program. 
Like if it's somebody that says, oh, well, you can just be in it. And so I'll just sort of dabble in it. But if I paid for it, then you can be sure that I'm going to be doing the stuff that I need to be doing to, oh, without get, the a doubt. Out, to get the most out of it. And that's just because it's the law of energy exchange, right? It's, it's basically the law of thermodynamics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's also the element of commitment. Mm-hmm. The more I'm willing to commit something, the more it's going to commit back to me and actually make that change. So I'm glad that you brought the, the woo into it, the, the energy exchange, but then also, yeah, it's physical properties that we can actually measure. So, I mean, I, I think for anybody out there that's actually at that place where they're like, I don't know how to value myself. I'm not willing to do that. I would, I would like to invite them to just listen to their heart and say, okay, what is the real number? Like, what am I really worth? Because... At the end what of the day, a, what are my services worth? <laughs> yeah, what, well, what am I worth is is a whole different thing. Okay, what are, what are my services worth? What am you know? What am I offering to that person? So imagine you've got this person and they've got a tumor in their head, and you have the ability to shrink the tumor, and they don't have to go into surgery. You just save them ninety thousand dollars. Right. And yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people, like I, whenever I work on people, their body chemistry changes. I've had people whose blood sugars have dropped dramatically in just one session. I've had people whose asthma completely disappeared for months at a time. I've had people who have come in and um, the doctors had no idea what was wrong with them. And it was a, it was the wife of one of my colleagues and uh, she couldn't breathe and she was in pain from head to toe. And in 15 minutes, I relieved her of it. And then uh, in the of subsequent two years, it never came back. Right. And he was having these seizures like every month or so, like she was having them frequently and it never came back. And so how, how valuable is that to somebody? Right. And, People are not, and, and even the, a lot of the emotional turmoil that people go through, there's a lot of people really good at releasing uh, emotional pain out of a body or re- releasing uh, relationship trauma like rape or abuse and releasing all of that. How valuable is that, that you can live your life with your, you know, or, or grieving somebody that you've lost? How, how valuable would it be? I've met people who still grieve for their parents after 20 years and they can't they can't make a move. And, you know, think about your parents. Your parents didn't do all that for you. So you'll be completely um, immobilized. Yeah, yeah. Mobilized and miserable because they're gone. That that's not what they want for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking that the, the services that energy healers are, are, are in, invaluable. There's, like, there's, there's so much that they're giving and what, what happens even in, in my world is my capacity to give gets limited by my capacity to receive mm-hmm. and again, vice versa. Energy exchange again, yes. right? The polarities, the, the, that's, it's, it's the, you know, the currents, the energy exchange. So my, my ability to receive by actually expanding my ability to receive, my ability to give actually becomes much grander. And I think that's something that's really important for for anyone to consider in their lives um, so that this yeah, way they actually properly 
yeah Public. especially women we're taught from a very early age to be to give and give and give and do what other people say maybe the younger generation but but when i was coming through in my youth um you know we were just taught we had to be you know we had to be the obedient and the givers and to uh, make nice and to make peace in the family and run the family and things like that And even though I was a little more on the modern side compared to a lot of my contemporaries um, It you know, it still was difficult and it's still difficult for me to receive and I'm you know Even receiving a compliment. Oh, that's something really beautiful that you're wearing or you look really nice today And I had to learn to say thank you so much. I appreciate that you know <laughs> to receive it and really receive it right and a lot of people can't even receive a compliment well you look beautiful today <laughs> thank you <laughs> so um you you had some successes with your program could you name somebody that you know came in was stuck and you helped move them forward and and what was like their primary like the light bulb that goes on or their epiphany yeah, absolutely. So one person that came through the program, his name is Alex, and he had a, a company that's uh, real estate services, techn technology services in real estate for, I think it was 13 years. And he was kind of stagnating where he was at. He was making a decent living, but it wasn't growing in the way to create the life that he was looking to. And he went through the course and actually a light bulb went on his head and he got a whole new product line. And, um, the product line actually required less effort and it could be completely fully all automated. And he launched that and keep in mind, I just launched this in January. So, um, he, uh, actually launched that product in February cause he got the idea in January in February before he was even done with the course, he launched it, got a handful of clients, but by the end of uh, April, he had 85 new clients that are on a subscription model paying either monthly or annually. And then he paused it. He paused letting anybody new coming in because he's, he's now making sure he's developed the technology to handle and service those individuals like beta. Otherwise he'd be doubling those numbers. The last month in April, I think he had 45 new clients come in as a result of it. And this, this is the kind of thing that just happens. It wasn't even in his awareness, but actually going through the practices is like, oh, I'm doing so much more work than I need to be doing. I can actually make my life significantly easier by creating this program. So he's had tremendous, tremendous success um, with that. Another gentleman, Chris, he, uh, he came through and before he's even done with the, the course, he wrote three new books and wow. built out course to go along with it and got a little bit in the coaching side and then actually even um just happenstance which is there's no coincidences right there's uh, these things all happen in divine order but he's putting this energy out there and then all of a sudden he loves to train all of a sudden a bunch of people came up to him i think he's now has five people that he's doing personal training for which wasn't even on his agenda but he just goes to the gym and does his workout and then all of a sudden he's getting paid to go work out which he loves to do Anyway, so these, these kind of weird coincidences start to happen where when one starts seeking the opportunity and seeking the transformation, then all of a sudden magic just seems to happen. It just starts to come from everywhere. And it's like, where was all this hiding before? So those, those, those are two examples. Well, yeah, coming into awareness. And so something that a healer or a coach could do is leverage themselves by doing group programs. 
Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think of that because most of us think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to take a client, do one, one hour worth of work and get paid for an hour. So you're trading time for dollars. And now when you start to leverage it and get that to grow, which is one thing that I'm doing now, is getting it to grow and it creates like a steady income and people are just like waiting they're just anxious to hear and get this this information and a lot of people just simply uh, can't afford really there are a lot of them that have gotten so sick that they're really in true deep poverty and mm. this would be beneficial to them and yeah, and, yeah. Doing doing the group programs is an amazing way to multiply your value. Mm-hmm. Then you can. Well, I know when I've done group programs, I like to stay in first person by my experience. I'm not pushing anything on anyone. So, just anybody out there, when I come back to my experience with it, my experience in doing the group programs, or doing um, actually a retreat or an event is that now multiple people get access to my information and they can take the pieces that they, they need to from it. And they actually end up getting more value because the collective putting value into the program actually raises my vibe. And then when one person asks a question, now all of a sudden a hundred other people get to hear the answer to that question. So the content ends up becoming significantly better so whether it's 100 or 10 or 20 whatever yeah, the number it just is. it just gets richer i you know i used to teach physics classes at the university and um there would be 100 150 sometimes 200 people in the room and there would be a couple of people asking questions you know because when you have a big room like that it's intimidating for somebody to go oh yeah i have a question professor <laughs> <laughs> and so the people would ask the questions but they were the right questions right and so then everybody gets benefit to the answer like if there were just people that just would ask annoying questions and i can tell when they are i usually say could you come and visit me in office hours but if the question was something that i felt that the students the rest of the students would really benefit from then i would a- answer it and i still do that in the programs that i have now is i do run them all live because it's just um it's just different from because I heal them while I'm running it, you know, all the people mm-hmm. in the class get healed while they're learning. And, and they, they ask these questions, like somebody asked me the other day, so do I have to know why something is that way on somebody before I can heal it? And the answer is, of course, no, you don't. And that was something that I hadn't thought of, but I, I you know, it's something that I do know. And it was really useful for her to ask that question, right? So that's, you're right, that dynamic, that group dynamic, and people love group dynamic, right? They just love to have community and group dynamic, and that's what's so One thing, relationships, right? Relationships, number one. Number one is relationships. So the eight factors, you know, number one is relationships. And in fact, there's new research at UCLA proving that good relationships change your DNA, the epigenetics of your DNA, to such that it improves your immune system so you get sick less and live longer. <laughs> I, absolutely. I, I think this whole vessel is just a reflection of my, my soul anyway, the joy, the vibration yes, of my yes. soul. Yes, exactly. So what's the biggest lesson you learned that to do over again, you'd pass on to something just starting out? The biggest lesson that I learned just starting out, if I, if I was going to pass on to myself is is actually really the, the 
ability to listen to what my heart's telling me. There's so many times that I squashed my intuition. Even when we first started this ep episode, I, I did a little bit of that. And it, it just creates these little disruptions sometimes. And sometimes it creates messes for myself. And I end up in situations that I never would have ended up in. I get the lesson. I do get the lesson. So I'm not upset about it. However, at the end of the day, the intuition is where it's at. And the way I can get to the intuition is actually by getting my mind and my heart into an alignment. And when the mind and the heart, and I, when I say the heart, I include the gut with that. It's like it's all just this connected mind. Mm -hmm. I guess the brain, actually, the brain and the heart. This all becomes the mind. And um, when I get that in tune, then I just start to channel and I get to be in that present moment and the things that I create are all heavenly. Yes. And when I just listen to the brain, sometimes it's, it's great and I might be consciously or unconsciously competent with it. However, more often than not, it's, uh, it's, it becomes a little bit of a disaster. Yeah, so, the, so really brilliance, brilliance is getting out of your own way. <laughs> yeah, getting, yeah <laughs> I, I, this, this, this brain game. Right, the brilliance is getting out of your own way. And um, I, I don't know why I ever did it, but you know, as we mentioned in the pre-show notes, I started running every day when I was 14. And I started first, it was a half an hour, and then it's an hour, and I stayed an hour. I used to run six miles before breakfast every day. And um, that was my meditation time because everybody says, oh, I meditate and I just sit and I couldn't, mm. I couldn't sit. I just have to get this excess energy off of me. And so I would have a problem in the laboratory. Like I would have like, oh, I got this really interesting new data and it doesn't jive with anything else that I've ever read about, you know, any of the other research. And so I just like get the image in my mind and then I just start running and I stopped thinking about it and all of a sudden, kablam, the brilliance would come in, like what it was. And then I was able to write about it and explain it. And that's what all science is, is you get some data and you have to figure out how to explain it. And when you get some very unusual data, you don't know how to explain it yet. So you just give it up and let it go and let the brilliance come through. So you're just getting out of your own way. And so some people master it. I don't know why I started doing it that way, but it just seemed to work. <laughs> so <laughs> Absolutely. And that, I had the same experience with racing motorcycles, moving at high speed. There's a certain attention and I get into that flow state mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, it's all flow, right? Away and all kinds of solutions just dropped in. Mm -hmm. The mind wasn't sitting there interrupting the heart. So that's why that's why that one was a, a key. A, a yes, key beautiful factor to, to really understand. So, do you have any big challenges now? Hmm. I, I'm thinking that right now, my my biggest thing is really just balancing the 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 busyness and um my presence mm -hmm. I, I noticed that the busyness is usually tied to creating something for the future and that takes me out of the presence i i don't get into like worry or anything like that um and i'm enjoying everything i'm doing I, after that new media summit i've had like two to three podcasts every single day that i've been been on i've been creating new courses for evolve life that are all around the different stages of consciousness that i've experienced and how I've moved from one stage to the next stage and just keep raising my vibe. Um, 
And I think I've been actually in this place where like I've been manifesting for my heart intentions and things just keep showing up these opportunities and just keeping up with them all has just been like actually a little bit, uh, I finally got to that place where things are moving a little too fast. Just slow down for a moment. Let me just enjoy this ride because now everything's <laughs> happening almost too good, right? So, so uh, it's, it's well, you know, that though. Mm-hmm. So just, just from my own experience is that we intelligent, active, and, you know, full of idea people want, you know, it's almost like a feeding frenzy. Oh, this idea and that idea mm-hmm. is to stick on one thing and just let it come through to fruition before you go on to the next, you know, get oh, it running, right? Get it running yes. and then go to the next. And that's why when I say, when I ask, you know, people come to me and they say, well, what should I do next? And so I have one of eight answers and in order to move to the next level up. And you just say, I could just work on this one thing right now. Forget everything else. Just do this one thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think that's, I, I, I usually say that in um, an explanation. I think I heard in one of your other interviews about using a GPS and knowing the coordinates where I'm going to put it in. Well, the coordinates are important. Now, when I put that in the GPS though, that's, so that's my main overarching goal. The GPS only shows me my next turn. It doesn't show me my next 10 turns. So it's not even worrying about the next 10. It's just making sure I get to the next one and then I make the turn and then all of a sudden the next step reveals itself pretty clearly. Yeah, that's, think, why, that's why having a calendar is so great. You just put in what you're going to do for the day and then you don't worry about what's coming up for tomorrow unless, you know, for me I have to prepare uh, prepare a script before I do a show. And if I've got, you know, some shows coming up, some recordings coming up, cause I have two tomorrow, for example, <laughs> I have to do two scripts the day for the, the day before. Mm. But, but otherwise it's just like, what am I doing for today? You know, what's my list for today? And it makes it a lot easier, right? Stay, stay in the present a little more. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think, I think what happened happens to me is I sacrifice my me time. Mm-hmm. So, I live in a wellness resort, like a legitimate, yeah. like the Canyon Ranch in Arizona. They built a place in, in uh, Miami and it got bought and renamed, but that's where I live. So I got four pools, actually five jacuzzis, a 19,000 square foot gym and sauna. I live on the ocean. I have valet. I have room service, organic food. Like I have, I have the most amazing life. And sometimes I don't even leave my apartment because I'm working so much and I forget to even use everything that's surrounding me and i I think that's just you need to you need to schedule fun on your calendar (laughs) oh i I, it's scheduled i need to actually follow my schedule right (laughs) because because i am enjoying what i'm doing in my work i'm playing with my work so it's 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 actually i i feel grateful to be able to give the way i can give in my work and um that 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 ends up sometimes I forget that, oh, wait, I, I should go lay out in the ocean right now. So today I did that. I realized, oh, my gosh, it's been two weeks since I've been in the water. I better get down there. Yeah. So, so, so how can people get a hold of you? Um, so people can either find me on Instagram or on Facebook. It's uh, Ian Gray. And see my name in the show notes there. It's spelled a little interestingly and lots of vowels. Yeah, yes. So I'll, I'll put all that in the show notes. Everything will be in the show notes. And I'll also put your website, which is Evolved Life, spelled with L-Y-F-E instead of L-I-F-E. Yes. 
com, and also your other website is iangray.com and I'll spell that all out. It's spelled I-A-I-N and gray is G-R-A-E. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And what yeah. I'd like to do is for anybody that's listening, if the Millionaire Prowess course sounds like something you may enjoy or you would maybe the book, you want to look at the book, if you go to free.millionaireprowess.com, you'll get the first week of the course for free. So you'll even get value right there and test drive how I structure it, how it works. So you'll definitely get value that will help you get on purpose. That's the whole first week. Um, and then you also get access to the ebook. You can just download the ebook and actually read that. Mm -hmm. And for um, Evolve Life, I'll give you a, a the, the link that's down there will have a, uh, a 28 days free on the subscription model for the other types of courses that I have there. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's very generous. And thank you for being on the show. It was really great um, listening to all of your ideas and, you know, practicality for helping people really charge um, what, what their services are worth and, you know, some of the ideas, the practical ideas of, of how to really leverage their time rather than trading time for dollars and so on. Absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on. I do have one parting thought that we talked about in the earlier show, and I just wanted to kind of bring it up to everybody. Your gifts are what creates value. Everybody is born in this world with gifts. And a lot of times I know I was taught to just give my gifts away. And that would mean I wasn't valuing my gifts. So if that's you, just, just think for a minute, would you rather be getting paid for the things that you're gifted at? Or would you rather be the things that you are horrible at doing? Or would you rather pay somebody that's horrible at doing something to do a job or somebody that's gifted at doing the job? So just take that into account because I know for me, a lot of people do think, oh, well, you're so good at it. Why would I pay you? Well, that's exactly why you would pay me because I'm so good at it. So there's so many gifted listeners on here. And I just, I really, my intention is to, to raise your vibes. So you can experience the heaven and earth that I am. You deserve the opulence, and I'm, I'm really excited to have you as part of the tribe, too. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so about, about that, there are two things that I always say, that someone is praying for you to come along to help mm. them, right? And number two is um, when people call you a genius in something, accept it, because what feels really easy for you is really difficult for somebody else to do. So genius, true genius, when, you know, people called me a genius, I thought, well, what, what do you mean? And it's just like easy peasy. <laughs> my, my daughter, who is, who is a very incredible artist, I always say she was born with a crayon in her hand because by the time she was three, she was really constructing and drawing some really amazing things. And by the time she was eight, she could do portraits that looked like the person, which is really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> and and she's like in constant creative mode and then she would say oh this is just you know she would like do something really magnificent she'd look at it and she goes here just throw it away <laughs> yeah so value your gifts <laughs> other people will value them too i know and oh. i said you know you could charge two or three thousand for that like this big giant painting you charge two or three thousand for that really it's just yeah <laughs> Because nobody else can do it. So I had to explain it to her that, you know, genius is something that is really easy for you and really tough for somebody else. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on, and everything. Thank you welcome. for staying on here and and um, and and being part of this broadcast. I really appreciate it. Tell all your friends this this woman is amazing. So you got to listen to all of, all of her shows. <laughs> thank you so much, Ian, and thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for our fascinating guest Ian Gray. You can connect with him at evolvedlife.com, and life is spelled with an Y. And you'll see the rest in the show notes. Let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me to check out my certification program to help you thrive as a healer or coach while building out your six figure and more practice. When you're ready to learn more, I invite you into a conversation right now. I reserve time for you on my calendar at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. This is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Until next time.